Welcome to the Baylor Line Foundation podcast. I am your host, Craig Cunningham. I'm also the editor of the Baylor Line magazine. Today we have a special guest for you. We have Walter Abercrombie. And if you don't know him, Walter is a Baylor football legend. He played running back in the early 1980s and then went on to have a great career in the NFL and played for about a decade with the Pittsburgh Steelers. In this conversation, we talk about his time at Baylor, his time in the NFL, what that transition was like, and what he's been up to ever since. Let's jump in. Walter, thank you for joining us. Hey, it's good to be here, Craig. All right, uh, walking in today, I was I was kind of struck by this facility and, and how much Baylor football has changed over the last couple decades. It's, it's kind of mind-blowing to think that none of this was here, especially when, when you were around. Yeah. <laughs> what were facilities like, or what, what, were, what was, <laughs> practice fields, facilities like back then? It was much different than, than it is today. Uh, sometimes you wonder if the young people that are, that are taking advantage of the facilities, if they realize how fortunate they are because um, you know, we've come a long way at Baylor in terms of, um, of just the overall campus, but specifically with the athletic facilities. I mean, um, we, we may not have uh, the biggest and the best, but I think we could put our, what we have up against any program in the nation in terms of quality facilities and and uh, and, and so I'm um, I'm fortunate to be here um, and having had the opportunity of pers- having this perspective, knowing where we came from uh, compared to where we are today, and it's it's really really exciting to to see where we are because I get a chance to take advantage of a lot of this stuff now, and uh, so anyway, it's a great perspective to have for me. So for those who don't know kind of your backstory, tell us a little bit about where you came from, where you grew up uh, before coming to Baylor. Sure, I, I grew up here in Waco, Texas, um, and I went to University High School. In fact, um, my house that I grew up in is literally three blocks from campus. I mean, um, I'm, and now it is part of campus because campus has expanded out to those areas where, where our old neighborhoods used to be. And so I've, I've been around Baylor all, all my life, really. Um, and to see the transformation, um, and not just the university, but see the transformation of Waco, Texas into what it is now, uh, being such a fun place to come and visit, um, really a, a, a neat city, low crime, beautiful. Uh, I see people come from the outside, they come here and they see the campus and they see Waco, and it's, it's kind of like a hidden gem. They say, I, we had no idea you had this beautiful river in the middle of the city, you know? And so, um, anyway, it's 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 fun. I've I've enjoyed seeing Waco grow and prosper in the way that it has, and the same with Baylor. So, when you were a kid playing football at University High School, who were who were some of the running backs you looked up to that you you kind of wanted to model your game after? Well, when I was a kid, I was a football fan and an aspiring player from as, as far back as I can remember as a kid. So. Um, the, the the first running back that I think kind of made a huge difference in my life in terms of um, igniting my imagination and, and and my goals was was John Westbrook and um, John Westbrook was the first African American to play in a Southwest Conference football game. He was a player here at Baylor, and when he went into uh, the game in September of 1966. Um, he broke the color barrier. Uh, Baylor was playing Syracuse University, and I got a chance to watch that young man come into the football game and play. And as you, 
know Craig, uh, prior to him entering that game, I had not seen uh, a player uh, play in the Southwest Conference right here on you know, Baylor University right in our backyard. So I got a chance to see it. And uh, for the first time, I felt like, you know, as a kid, I, I, I might be able to play football right here in my home city of Waco, Texas at Baylor because it had just been done. And, and uh, so that was a huge, huge, uh, um, I don't know, uh, it was a big deal for me to see that because it, it then allowed me to see some possibilities of me line my future mm. so so how did it what was the process from high school to college what was the first time you met Grant Taft I guess yeah the first time I met him I think I may have been in in uh, middle uh, middle school or junior high school uh, got a chance to meet him and um, I think I was at a at a Baylor game because I used to work at the Baylor games in the parking lot I was a parking attendant <laughs> and so when he came and uh, in the early 70s, uh, you know, I think I may have seen him coming out of the locker room one day or something and uh, over the stadium. And uh, I introduced myself to him because I was a kid and uh, he didn't know me, but we soon after that got to know each other pretty well. So did he recruit you pretty heavily out of high school? I guess? He did. He did. Um, the staff would be at our uh, at University High School. They'd come to our basketball games. They'd come to our track meets and they'd come to our football games. So I became pretty familiar with the Baylor, uh, the Baylor staff, football staff, um, during my time in high school because they were they were really not wanting me to get out of Waco, uh, but to come to Baylor. So with with a coach like him, and then later, of course, you played for Chuck Knoll, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, what is it that separates a, a really good coach from a great coach? Well, I think you know, and I and I was fortunate because I want you to understand I felt like Baylor University and Grant Taft was the place for me. But I also, as I got to know them better uh, as a player here, uh, both of those, uh, the university and the coaches, particularly Coach Taft, I realized how, I began to realize how fortunate I was to get to play for not only a great coach, but, but a great man and a great example of, uh, of, of a man. And so um, I, I took advantage of it. Um, it made a huge difference in my life. Uh, Coach Taft ultimately became uh, my mentor and great friend. Uh, so it, it was I was fortunate enough to have that kind of relationship with him. Um, and that's what made him great because he was he was great in a number of ways, not just being a coach. Uh, Chuck Knoll, uh, when I got there, of course he had he had already gone to four Super Bowls and they'd won them. And so um, you know, I got a chance to see him. And I really noticed the parallels between Coach Taft and, and Coach Noel. They were both great men, both great men of integrity and principled. Uh, so um, I got a chance to, to, to really go from one great coach to another great coach and have them be similar in a lot of ways. A lot of players don't have that benefit. And so I did. It benefited me. It allowed me to become a better pro. Um, a better person as I continued my growth in the manhood, and so um, I'm, I'm just I'm just very fortunate to have that experience. So Bailey, you you rushed for almost four thousand yards, set all these records, uh, had a, a a lot of success. Obviously, is there one carry or one moment that sticks out to you out of those three three thousand four thousand yards? 
Oh man, that's a lot of that's <laughs> that's a lot of carries. There, um, there may be one um, one game that I that stands out to me. Um, it, it was a game where it was our homecoming game against Arkansas, I believe, in 1980, uh, the year that we won the Southwest Conference Championship, and. Um, I don't think anybody expected us to be to beat Arkansas that day, but uh, they were they were a good team that year, coached by a great coach, um, um, <clears throat> Coach Lou Holtz, and they came in here, man. And I don't know if anybody expected us to win, but we won hands down. I mean, from the very kickoff, I mean, we dominated that Arkansas team, um, and we came away with the victory. I had a, I had a big game. Uh, everybody played well. We didn't have any uh, injuries. It was just a great day. So that that kind of game sticks out in your memories. I uh, talk a little bit about the transition to the NFL. Yeah. Um, at what point did you know that you were good enough to play in the NFL? Was it when you were in high school? Like, at what point does a player realize, okay, I think I can do this at the at the highest level? You know, that's a good, that's a really good question. Um, for me, it was, you know, I, I was a Decent player in high school. I wasn't, you know, highly recruited by teams all over the country. Um, so I didn't really know how good I was um, until I, until my my last year in college. I felt like I had done well in the conference, but I knew that uh, that just because you do well in a conference doesn't mean that you you got it to play at the next level. There are a lot of guys who are great at, in college who who just can't make it in the pros, but. Uh, I got a chance to play in the Hula Bowl uh, my senior year at Baylor. And in the backfield uh, with with me in the Hula Bowl was Marcus Allen. He had just won the Heisman Trophy. He was projected to go in the first round. And um, I, I figured that, uh, you know, that he would be the starter and the star of that game. But it, as it ended up, Marcus didn't want to play in the game, really. He, he, he just, he didn't want to take a chance of getting hurt. So it gave me the opportunity to be the starter in that football game. And as a result, I caught two touchdown passes. I ran for one, and um, and I became the MVP of the Hula Bowl. And and so in terms of the scouts, many of them had never heard really, you know, never really seen Abercrombie play with other great talent across the nation. Um, and you know, how do you how do you how do you figure that out? But I performed well. Uh, it gave me the chance, it opened the eyes of some scouts. And so that game pr propelled me to be a, uh, considered as one of the top backs in the nation. And there were several backs that year that were really good. And uh, I think several of us got drafted in the first round. Hmm. So kid from Waco goes to Baylor. Yeah. What, what was that transition like going to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, totally different state, different level Terry Bradshaw Chuck Noll what, yeah. what was that uh that like yeah um I think the biggest thing that stands out to me is that uh, the weather was much different <laughs> I got a chance to play in cold weather which uh as a southern boy I I didn't I wasn't ready for that but you know you do what you got to do and so you adjust but that was pretty challenging to get used to playing in cold weather like that yeah and and you know having the opportunity to play with Bradshaw and uh, Franco Harris and Lynn Swan and, you know, John Stallworth, I mean, Mike Webster, um, you know, I mean, it was so many Hall of Famers on that, on that team when I joined them, you know, uh, 
So it was a it was quite an experience. I'll remember that. I'll treasure that for a lifetime. I once heard a a, a receiver who didn't go to Baylor but was a was a pro, and he was speaking to a group of, of high school students, and he told them that the most joy they would ever have playing football was right then in high school. Yeah. Um, and did, did you have that same experience? Was there a change in your and how much you enjoyed the game from moving from college to pro, or did it did the game still uh, bring you a lot of fulfillment and joy? Uh, no, for me, the game brought a lot of fulfillment and joy. I mean, from from university high school, which is may have been, you know, I I, I played the game for the love of the game, but we we didn't win very many games, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, we would line up to play, and we knew we were going to lose, and and so that was not very enjoy, enjoyable, uh, playing and losing in high school. But once I got to Baylor, and I saw the type of talent that was here, um, and then of course we we went to two bowl games, and we won a conference championship during uh, my four years here. Um, that was a, that was that really helped my helped me enjoy the game much more. And then when I went to the Steelers. Uh, being around those great players, um, it took my enjoyment of, of the game, uh, knowing that I was surrounded by extremely good talent, uh, it took it to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. So my experience would be different. Uh, it requires a lot of pressure um, at that level to perform, but you deal with the pressure. If you're a competitor, you, you take that on. And so I took it on. I enjoyed it. We won games. Uh, didn't go to the Super Bowl, but we were close several years uh, during my career. And so that would be my experience. So almost 10 years in the league you yeah. spent. Uh, how do you think you changed as an individual during that, that time? Well, I know one of the things, uh, just like anybody in a job, you mature. Uh, you learn how uh, maybe you depend on your, your raw talent when you first enter the league. And once you learn the game, uh, you become much more savvy in the way that you play. And so uh, you, you, as you get older, you begin to dominate because of not only your talent, your, your savviness, knowledge of the game, and then the, the, the ability to, be, to finesse. Um, uh, you just, the ins and outs of it. So I, I continued to get better as I got older. And that's the way most players are. You just kind of get get to a point where you're just, you, you know, you know, you're the master of your, of your skill. And so uh, that that was that was a good growing experience for me because I saw where I, I, from my rookie season all the way to my last year in, in, the, in the pros, how I did establish myself as one of the, one of the better players out on the field. And so that's brought enjoyment to me. Hey, if you're interested in news and updates about Baylor. I want to invite you to sign up for our Friday Five email. Uh, it's a very short email that goes out every Friday morning with five of the top stories that happened at Baylor that week. You can sign up at BaylorLineFoundation.com backslash Friday dash five. Let's get back to our conversation. Were there any players particularly or, or people in your life that were that kind of acted as mentors, took you under their wing, helped you kind of you talk about maturing in that process? Was there anybody during those years that, that sticks out? You know, um, when I first got to Pittsburgh, um, one of the guys, two of the guys actually uh, became good friends of mine and, and, and I appreciated them helping me become a better pro athlete and, and, and helping me 
recognize how to approach being a professional. You know, it's one thing to to be a player, to be an athlete, but to be to really blossom into becoming a pro at it, meaning that uh, you're not only a pro on the football field, but you're a professional uh, out in public. Uh, you're a pro- professional and really and try to be a professional in all aspects of your life. And I saw that in Franco Harris, and I saw that also in Mel Blunt. And uh, those two guys have been veterans uh, on the team, and and I admired them because of the way they lived their lives. And so uh, I, I credit them as being influential in, uh, in helping me become uh, really a better professional player. Now, now Baylor sends players to the pros yeah. almost every year. Yeah. Um, what, what advice do you give those guys? I would just, I would just um, encourage them to, to um, really take advantage of uh, the, the time that they have in professional football because it can change your life forever. I mean, um, you, you can change it in a positive way and it can change it in a negative way. And so they have a small window of opportunity with, sometimes in their 20s um, if you can make it to your 30s, that's, that's, that's a bonus. But in those 20s, in those formidable years, there uh, is this great opportunity to set yourself up for the rest of your life. So if that means um, making the contacts necessary to, to make a smooth transition from, from being an athlete to the workforce, or whether it is um, a saving money and spending money the right way so that there's plenty of money left over for when the game is over for them. Um, and making sure that during that time, a lot of guys meet their wives. They make a good decision as far as who's going to be with them for the rest of their life. It's, it's, it's a critical, critical time for pro athletes. And I would just say for them to, to really focus in on those three areas to make sure that, that as when they finish the game, that they're going to be in good shape to continue on until uh, their retirement. So now you're part of the B Association. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it after you know all these years playing football? What was it about that opportunity that was that that you wanted to be a part of? Well, I knew that um, it was it was you know I left a pretty good job when I took the the role here at Baylor. I was at the American Football Coaches Association. I was working with my mentor Grant Taff, and and I was working in their educational development program for coaches. Um, so it was a really good job. I enjoyed working there, enjoyed working with Grant Taff. Uh, but I saw an opportunity with the B Association, and, and that was an opportunity to try, to try to reach out and engage the people that I played with and, and other athletes, engage them and encourage them to come back and be a part of Baylor Athletics. And at the time when I came in 2004, you know, our football program was really in a, in a bad way. We we had several losing <laughs> I, seasons. I was, I was a freshman that year, so I, I, I know. Yeah, I mean, like. it was just, it was really difficult to try to get people to come back and be involved. But, you know, I, I recall um, Kim Mulkey winning the, the, win, the women's basketball national championship uh, a year after I'd gotten here. And that victory for Baylor meant everything. I mean, think about the things that were going on at that time, Craig. I mean, as I said, our football program was in the tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, our men's basketball program had just gone through one of the biggest uh, basketball scandals in, in, in the history of college basketball. Our alumni association was engaged in a battle with the university. 
So the morale around uh, here was, was just really low. And so when Kim won the national championship, that victory rallied a lot of Baylor alumni, but, and particularly uh, Letterman. Uh, we kind of felt proud, uh, again, to be a Baylor Bear. So she was a real important part of the turn in the athletic program and the perception of the university. And then in 2008, we ended up hiring um, Art Browse, and in short order, he, he uh, turned our football program around and we began winning. So in 2012, you think about that, we call that the year of the bear. Mm -hmm. uh, we had several teams win conference championships. We had, you know, our tennis program, men's and women's basketball, they were rolling. We'd gone to bowl games, we won a conference championship in football, became nationally ranked, and it was a, it was a terrific time. Uh, donations were coming in. I think we were beginning to settle our differences between the university and the, and the alumni association. So we, um, we, it was really a good time to be a Baylor Bear, um, I, I believe. And so um, we have just tried to continue that. And we've gone through some, some issues here in the recent years. But uh, one thing that I found is that during the successful years, I found out just how, how much Baylor people love this university. They, they love it. And they want it to be successful. And they're willing to step up when that time comes. And that was extremely exciting for me to see that and to see the, the potential and the capacity of Baylor people supporting what we're doing here in athletics. It was amazing. So anyway, we are working very hard to get back to that. Yeah. So what are some ways that uh, alumni can be involved with the B Association or contribute? I want to I give you a chance to kind of kind of make the sell. Yeah, I appreciate that too. Uh, I think uh, for our Letterman, um, if there's if they've never been involved uh, in a long time, I mean, I think I would encourage them to come back, to come see campus, to, to to come take a take a tour around and see some of the beautiful things that are happening, some of the changes we've made. Uh, come to Waco. Waco is 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 really a bustling city right now. It's kind of it's really grown and and changed. I've seen it all the time. The people haven't been here in a number of years. They come back and they don't recognize the place. I mean, so it's a lot of things that are starting to happen, um, uh, not only with the university in Waco, but but in the athletics department. We've got some great kids, man. So if you're out there and you haven't been involved, you want to get back involved uh, with, uh, with Baylor and Baylor Athletics, we welcome you. We want you to come back. You're part of us, and we want to, we want to extend the invitation for those people out there who have not been involved to come and be a part of what we're trying to build here. And this is a great time to do it. Yeah. All right, I got two quick questions for okay. you. Okay, all right. And then we'll be done. Uh, what's the hardest you ever got hit? <laughs> That's a good, yeah, the hardest <laughs> we ever got hit. Um, I, let's see, I think the, the, probably the hardest I ever got hit was, whether you bleed it, I mean, it's, it's hard to bleed, but it, it, was, uh, it was Mike Singletary. We were playing <laughs> Chicago. Now, having played with Mike, you know, we, we would practice against each other, but he wouldn't go, you know, 100% all, all out on right. me at practice. But man, and when we played <laughs> Chicago, it was, all the gloves was off, man. Uh, he he hit me one time, and um, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget that. But I was like, wow, this guy is really good, you know? <laughs> He's as good as everybody <laughs> yeah. says he was, even though I played with him in college. So, no, that, that was probably the... Uh, the hardest hit I've ever had. <laughs> How funny. Yeah. Uh, all right, university running back. There's another university running back. It's yeah. a 
Hall of Famer, yeah. Danny Tomlinson. Yeah. How come he didn't wind up at Baylor? I've heard all kinds of stories about that. Um, Ladanian um, was, was um, and I think his high school coach would probably uh, share the same sentiment. Uh, he was not considered a great back in, mm -hmm. at university. Uh, he was, he, he, many people thought that he wondered whether or not he was even college material. Uh, he didn't stand out to a lot of people. And while he was here in Waco, and while we should have been recruiting him, um, uh, I think our coaches just thought, well, uh, he's here in Waco. He doesn't have a whole lot of offers, so we can kind of sneak in at the last minute and, and take him if he, you know, if, if we have an opening. Yeah. I think that's the attitude that we had. And so who would have guessed that this guy would have been, would have turned out to be the way he, he turned out to be? And uh, I think that's, it happens. Sometimes with recruits, you don't, you don't realize what their potential is. And in that case, uh, we just, we, we missed the we boat. Missed. Everybody did, though. Yeah, a lot of people yeah, did. You're right. Uh, okay, last question. What do you think about the team this year? What, what's, uh, what are you optimistic about? I'm really optimistic about uh, this team. I think one of the great things that uh, Coach Rule has done is he has slowly brought, brought the right kind of people in to fit the right kind of offense that he runs. And, um, you know, I've been really impressed with the character of the young men that he's brought in. Uh, these young men are extremely talented, but they're also, uh, they're also uh, men with great character and integrity. And so that can make a difference. You know, um, uh, we're still having to comp compete against Texas and Oklahoma and A&M for Texas talent, but... Our, our coaches are great recruiters and they're great evaluators of talent. So I expect, um, as having come off of a bold victory last year, that this team will continue to improve. And, um, you know, I expect us to be another bold team next year. I think it's, I think it's very possible that we can win eight or nine games uh, this coming season. So, uh, yeah, I will have to tell you, I'm the biggest optimist in the world. So you have to kind of, kind of measure that. Uh, but but I do think there's that possibility. I think we have the talent to do it, and I think um, we're fortunate to still have Coach Rule to help to continue leading our program. All right. Well, Walter, thank you so much for for doing this with us. Craig, I appreciate you, man, and all the things that you do, and I, I thank you for having me on your show. That was Walter Abercrombie. I want to thank you for listening today. To learn more about the Baylor Line Foundation visit us at BaylorLineFoundation.com. And as always, subscribe to the podcast, rate us, uh, send us feedback, and let us know any other guests you want us to interview. We'll see you next time.